at One Day University. We feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. This is your host, Pamela Clark, and you're listening to Education in the News. Welcome back, and uh, let's get right on into it. We have a lot of news stories, like always. The first story that I have for you is from Homeschool Legal Defense, and it's titled, Veterans Affairs Denies Benefits to Eligible Homeschool Parents. This was written by Darren Jones, Esquire, um, and the date on this is June 8, 2022. Alexander Hernandez and his wife, Melissa Mazoa, hope I'm saying that right, are both military veterans who are homeschooling their son, who recently turned 18. During their service to the United States, both of them suffered injuries and now receive disability benefits from the federal government. To assist in raising children, those veterans' benefits are increased as long as they have a child in their care. Unfortunately, in their last or latest interaction with the Department of Veterans Affairs, officials demanded that the husband prove that they are homeschooling by providing evidence that is impossible to obtain in the state where they live. A matter of policy. The definition of child in federal veterans' regulations includes children who are 18 or older as long as they are still enrolled in school. For years, the VA refused to acknowledge homeschool students as eligible for additional benefits, but when Homeschool Legal Defense sued the VA in early 2000s, we won the case and got the law changed. The VA adopted a new policy explicitly stating that the homeschool students are eligible for benefits. Even though the law has changed, Homeschool Legal Defense Administration has had to fight on behalf of numerous military veterans. Local offices often don't know what the homeschool law of their state is, and they ask for for way more information than they are actually entitled to. Unequal Treatment When the couple's son recently turned 18, Melissa submitted her paperwork to the VA, proving that their homeschool program was in compliance with Missouri state law. And she quickly received a letter stating that her son was recognized as a student. But when Alexander submitted the exact same forms, the VA demanded more information, including a request for documentation verifying the homeschool was either approved or registered with the state. However, Missouri state law does not require homeschools to be approved or registered, which means the VA is requesting something that which simply can't be obtained. Homeschool Legal Defense Administration has submitted an appeal on Alexander's behalf, and we believe the law is firmly on his side. I'm going to be sharing that um, in an upcoming magazine and on social media as well. So you can check our uh, social media platforms for information on that story. And again, I want to remind you that uh, um, Homeschool Legal Defense does have grants available for 
homeschooling families that have hardship. And these grants cover curriculum, homeschool materials, including class or co-op fees, educational technology and items or therapies for children with special learning disabilities. If you go on their website, um, you'll be able to look it up and find out um, you know, how to apply and so forth. Okay. The next story I have for you is from ASCD on Smart Brief. And this story was covered by Education Week. Says um, there was a study on strategies to overhaul online credit recovery. School administrators should consider overhauling online credit recovery systems, according to guidance report from the Ed Research for Recovery Project. The study's authors, Carolyn Heinrich, who also is a professor of public policy, education, and economics at Vanderbilt University, shares five ways to strengthen such programs, including monitoring students' progress. This brings up a topic um, that it, it reminds me of, you know, homeschool families and what they're faced with when going into high school, either as a homeschooler, but mostly as someone that's coming maybe out of a um, public school or online school or charter school or any of those others. We've had countless students that... Um, <sighs> wanted to get out of the public school and they kind of wanted to pick up where they left off in in public school, you know, in the homeschool community. And New Heights is very good at providing assistance for that. And we have transcript templates and diploma templates that families can purchase and earn by fulfilling, you know, their studies and so forth through us and through our partners and so forth. And we even fill those out and personalize them for you, obviously for a fee, but you can take your uh, public school, online school, charter school, any other type school transcript or grades from ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, whatever it is. Let's say you're just finishing your 11th or 12th grade year, or just your 12th grade year. Um, you can, in the state of Ohio anyways, we'd have to look it up for other states. Um, but you can take those grades and put them into our transcript and use our transcript as your transcript that you submit to colleges. Um, so there is that option. And I, I don't know, or I really don't feel like a lot of people realize that, um, that that can be something that, you know, someone can do. And, um, you know, learning at your own pace as well is very important for, um, you know, a student's future, whether they want to go to college or not, because college really isn't for everyone. And you can be very successful without college. I know our society says that's not the case, but um, it's, it's true. I mean, um, many people, business people believe that way. And, and really don't even look at college applications and you're not guaranteed a career of your choosing when you do have it. So it's really a, a personal thing, a uh, personal decision on if somebody wants to go to college and why they want to go um, really should be looked at and what they hope to achieve. And if you can achieve that without, you know, a college degree. So just things to think about, um, that I wanted to kind of bring up. And we do provide, you know, a structure for students as well and guidance pretty much every step of the way, whether they're in high school or not. But if you're not familiar with our services and what we do, um, you know, you really should visit our site, newheightseducation.org, and check out our learning annex. We have over 1,200 free and discounted courses on our site. We do have a site membership of $6 a month, um, and you pay per month, so uh, um, just how often you, you need it and so forth. And then we 
we provide some storage. Um, well, if possible, we provide some storage. Right now, we we have plenty for you know students to use. But anyways, um, you may want to check that out. I know the school year is fast approaching, um, and it's just something to look at because we've really tried to take the cost out of homeschooling and tried to build. Um, you know, a place that's a one-stop shop in education and we provide a well-rounded educational service resource and service center here at New Heights. So I just kind of wanted to bring that up since I was sharing that news article with you that there's always alternatives and choices for everything. I, I know a lot of times public schools don't want you to know about those choices and um, I'm not just picking on public schools, but but they're very focused on what they do and what they offer. And of course, they want the money from the state. They don't want you to spend vouchers or go somewhere else like a charter school or something that takes money from them. But there's ways around everything. You do have options. You do have choices. So don't let people tell you that you don't. You have plenty of choices out there. Okay, uh, the next story is from the same place. This is from Insider Higher Ed covered the story. The journal covered the story. And it's ISTE, Education Department Launched Digital Equity Pledge. More than a dozen educator preparation programs already have signed on to a new pledge from the International Society for Technology in Education and the U.S. Department of Education called the EPs, the Digital Equita, Equity excuse me, and Transformative Pledge. Those who sign on to commit prepare teachers for digital learning environments and to use technology in professional learning. The next story was covered by K-12 Dive and it's titled, Some States Direct COVID-19 Relief to Donors' Choice. Arizona, Delaware, Hawaii, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Utah are partnering with crowdfunding platforms, platform Donors' Choice to use federal coronavirus relief funds to directly support teacher-submitted projects. Donors' Choice reports those states have donated a combined $42 million since the start of the pandemic. This story was this next story was covered by LAIST in Los Angeles, and it says California urged to invest in educators in Asian languages. California lawmakers and civil rights leaders are calling on state lawmakers to invest five million dollars across four years to cover accreditation costs for bilingual educators who teach Asian languages. Through Mandarin Chinese and Vietnamese are the most commonly used non-English languages after Spanish. And the state data shows that only 63% of the nearly 1,200 bilingual accreditation excuse me, issued in the 2020-2021 school year were from Mandarin Chinese and two for Vietnamese. This next one I have is from Chalkbeat, New York City. It says New York City Mayor Overhaul's Approach to Reading Improvement. As part of the New York Mayor Eric Adams' goal to improve reading instruction in the city schools, former Mayor Bill de Blasio literacy program is being ended in favor of employing reading coaches who will work across all grades. Instead of only with students in kindergarten through second grade, the previous program had approximately 500 coaches for the lower grades. But the new program will employ a total of 340 coaches and staffers. Okay, uh, the next story I have to share with you is, um, was covered by Bloomberg Law. It's titled, Schools Parents Face for End of Mill Waiver Program. COVID-19-related school mill waiver funding from the USDA 
which has provided free meals to children regardless of family income, ends on June 30th, affecting both school districts struggling with supply chain issues and parents who still face economic challenges and either and either will have to pay for meals or reapply for assistance programs. Unless Congress acts to renew the waivers, the USDA says school meal funding will plummet 40%, meaning millions of children may not have access to school meals. What are your thoughts about that? Um, I think that's a pretty scary thing. I'm sure it is for families as well that are in need of these, but I'd love to hear you know your thoughts. Um, I know that I was part of um, a lot of that when I was younger, not my entire childhood, but part of my childhood, and I know I wouldn't have had that breakfast um, or lunch if it wasn't for those things. So I know personally just how important that is for students and I really believe no students should go hungry um, so um, what are your thoughts I'd love to hear from you have you experienced issues like this yourself do you have any ideas or suggestions that maybe could be uh, shared as a solution um, I'd love to hear about it the next news I have for you is from the Ohio Department of Education and um, this is a story by the Lima News and it says Elida hires new high school principal this is Elida Ohio by the way at the Elida school board meeting Justin Ferks was introduced as the new high school principal coming from Bethel local schools where he had served the last three years as superintendent he has been a superintendent for the last seven years, but was looking to get back to a building administrative position. Ferks started his administrative career at Fort Laramie as a middle school high school principal. From there, he moved to Fort Recovery, serving four years as superintendent and then to Bethel and now to Elida. Related cover on this, um, they have Newark Assistant Principal Jessica Forum takes over Lakewood Middle School. Um, the Newark Advocate reported on that, and that is Newark N E W A R K Advocate. And then Joy Morgan was named new Lakewood High School Principal, and that's from Cleveland.com. Yeah, this next one is from Richland Source. It says the Intel impact, how can Mansfield Richland County maximize the benefits? Officials are looking at jobs that will exist two or, or, or even five years from now that both men, men joined representatives, both men joined representatives from Ohio, Governor Mark DeWine office last week in a day full of meetings with local high school educators to discuss technology and the jobs of the future. A quote, what we need are workers that will continually learn and update skills because we can't predict what the jobs are 10 years out. I mean, we're looking in our crystal ball for five years and it's fuzzy, says Barrett Thomas, Director of Economic Development for the Richland Area Chamber and Economic Development. And in Southern Ohio, the William Wilmington News Journal reports that the Southern Ohio Educational Service Center, known as SOESC, was awarded over $220,000 to support vulnerable youth. Um, Vulnerable Youth and School Districts with its member consortium. They were they procured $220,833 Family and Community Partnership Liaison Grant from Ohio Department of Education for the 2022-2023 
and 2023-2024 school year to fund family and community partnerships liaison program working to provide community resources, support children in need. They've received funds to create positions for 2020 and 2021 school year to help school districts, families, and caregivers facing increased needs as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, if you haven't listened to my last episode, um, you probably should go back and listen to it because the amounts of money that are kind of being thrown around within this, I know New Heights had tried to to um, be a resource to these districts as well, but they're so um, since we're kind of out there since we serve homeschool charter and um, you know traditional schools or public school families, um, we're not always welcomed you know, within those communities, even though we're advocating for people. And I'm talking about the professional communities. I'm not talking about, you know, families that are in need of services, because even though we're a great resource for people, it's uh, very few and far between when they would ever send people our way that they know that, you know, they could help. They'll outright lie to them. Um, and say there's no tutoring services or no other options just to make sure they stay with them. So, and that's happened to us a lot. I'm not just making this up. We've seen this happen over and over again, and it's really aggravating because, you know, we have all these, you know, we have all this, these people that are saying they're fighting for people's civil rights. Well, we've been fighting for people's rights for 18 years, way before it was cool or in, and and we've accomplished everything we've co- accomplished with an all-volunteer staff since New Heights was born, well, 16 years ago, and I was helping families a few years before that. So it's, it's very discouraging that, you know, we can't get funded to fund what we need to have funded, and... Um, but money is just being thrown around in the educational systems that are failing. I mean, these are DNF failing schools in our area where we're at and, and in a lot of other areas as well, but they aren't really punished for that. The money keeps coming in. It keeps rolling in. And if it was any other kind of job or any other kind of system that's failing, you know, that would stop pretty quickly those people would be fired if they couldn't do their job better and their their rankings if they have d or f you know schools that are graded like that they don't usually improve i I haven't seen well take that back maybe i've seen two schools that reported that had bettered themselves out of all the schools in the nation that they had finally you know found a way to improve themselves but and, and New Heights has only been successful in, in every endeavor we've tried. So it's, it's quite discouraging. Um, but I wanted to bring that up because, you know, it kind of coincides with what I'm sharing. This money that's just kind of being thrown around and, and we're already doing some of these things. But I'll tell you, when I had tried to look into this, they wanted you to be a for-profit and... Um, and already kind of affiliated with the schools and so forth, but we're just very unique and we don't fit into their little boxes that they like to create. So anyways, um, the next one I have for you is from Lorraine Morning Journal. It says Lorraine County JF, or I'm sorry, JVS seniors receive career technical certifications. In 2022, Lorain County JVS Senior Recognition Ceremony was held at Black River Landing in Lorain on May 19th, with 378 students receiving career technical certificates in respective fields. During the ceremony, 26 students were acknowledged for being members of the National Technical Honor Society, and three students were recognized for enlisting in the U.S. Armed Forces. And in East Liverpool, Ohio, um, or East Liverpool Review, 
reported that U Utica Shell Academy graduated graduates its largest class yet. East Liverpool Review, the Utica Shell Academy, graduated in largest class to date with more than 40 seniors receiving their diploma on May 31st. 42 new alumni turned in their tassels after gaining certifications for their workplace during dinner and a ceremony at Southern Local High School, which sponsors the academy and, and more than 250 people attended the event, including family members and school leaders. USA Superintendent Bill Watson said class members impressed him by earning nearly double the credits in only one year, as well as many certificates to get them ready to work. And then the this is another story. Uh, Bowling Green Sentinel Tribune reported that area juniors headed to Buckeye Boys State. Several other high school juniors will be attending Buckeye Boys State, which starts Saturday and runs through June 19 at Miami University in Oxford. Founded in 1936, the Buckeye Boys State is the largest boys state program in the nation with an attendance of over 1,200 young men annually, representing nearly 600 Ohio schools, several online high schools, and the homeschooled community. The American Legion Buckeye Boys State Program is, a, is sponsored by the Ohio American Legion, which is the largest veterans organization in the state of Ohio. Check our time here. Okay, we need to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. New on Curiosity Street, Louis B. Mayer, Jack Warner, William Fox. Hollywood was the city of dreams, but the beginnings were a nightmare. You will never work in this town again! It's Titans, the rise of Hollywood. And Merapi, one of the world's most active volcanoes. Can we better predict its next deadly eruption? A new expedition hunts for life-saving answers on exploring the volcano. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. At One Day University, we feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com. Hello, welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. This is your host, Pamela Clark, and uh, we're talking about education um, in the news. So let's get right back into it. Still a lot to cover, as usual. So the next story I have for you is from um, Philanthropy News Digest. And it says, Notre Dame receives $20 million for Biomedical Research Institute. The gift from Douglas and Diana Bertham will support the school's precision medicine program, which is focused on development of personalized therapeutics for preventing and treating disease. And another news story is the Schultz Family Foundation commits $100 million for diverse businesses. The Entrepreneurs' Equity Fund will work to accelerate the growth of high-potential diverse-owned businesses and underrepresented entrepreneurs by making di direct equity investments and increased access to capital. Just a moment. The next story I have for you is from ASCD, um, K-12 Leadership Smart Brief. 
And this is a story that was covered by district administration. It's titled K to 12 Network Advises Supports Principals After Shootings. Principals whose schools have experienced a shooting should ensure any planned responses will truly meet needs, and they should arrange for last-minute substitutes for any struggling teachers who may need time to regroup during a class, says Michael Sidlack, who was assistant principal at an Ohio school during the 2012 shooting. Sidlack, a member of the Principal Recovery Network of current and former administrators, who've been through a shooting and others explain the advice they offer when reaching out to principals coping with a new shooting. Just a moment. This was, this next story from, was covered uh, from North Jersey Media Group in Woodland Park, New Jersey. Uh, will New Jersey policies help offset teacher shortages? It was the question and the title of this story. It says, despite recent rule relaxations regarding teacher certification and incentives such as stipends and loan forgiveness for future t teachers in New Jersey, concerns linger regarding the availability of qualified educators in the state. A report from the New Jersey Policy Perspective finds that more teachers are leaving the profession than entering it, with workload, stress, and pay often cited as factors. This story is from K-12 Dive and is titled, L.A. Schools Also Affected by Cyber Attack on Vendor. Officials in the Los Angeles Unified School District said the cybersecurity breach connected to school vendor illuminate education as affected as affected its school too, but it hasn't said which data was affected. New York City public schools and other districts in California, Colorado, Washington, Connecticut, and Oklahoma prefer previously reported related breaches. Chalkbeat uh, covered this story. Virtual learning expands among large school districts. This fall, remote options for learning in several large school districts will include more full-time virtual educational settings. The expansion of virtual learning is indicative of a last consequence of the pandemic, even though questions linger about the model's effectiveness. Okay, I, this story I have for you was covered by Reuters, the Associated Press, and Forbes. Company backs off taser drone for mass shootings. Development of a taser drone for remote use by first responders at schools has been put on hold. After last month's deadly mass shooting in a Texas elementary school, taser maker Axon Enterprise announced plans to develop a drone-equipped with a taser for use by law enforcement officials during active shooter situations. But most members of the company's ethics board have resigned in protest, saying that the panel was not consulted on the proposal and raised concerns that such a device would harm over-policed communities. I've already shared with you a number of times how I feel about this sort of thing. Um, you know, I really think that if schools would hire, you know, local retired um, military staff or, you know, security guards to come in, I think that that would help tremendously. I've also seen, you know, those little like pop up, they're like tents, but they're circular and they're bulletproof, and I, I've seen like some schools that have had them, nothing local or anything like that, but that's a good alternative. And 
I'd be open to this taser drone as well. That, that's an interesting idea. But it can't think or react like a human being can. So again, I I really think the right thing to do is to employ a veteran. But and I and you you know that someone else has had that idea, and you know it's been discussed, but it just hasn't happened. So I don't understand why it hasn't happened. If if people you know running these schools and so forth really care about the safety, uh, I think that. It's time to look into things like that. Okay, this moment. I'm trying to bring up the next story here. There are always a lot of stories and a lot of repeats, but I don't want to miss stories that I uh, can bring to you as well. Bear with me here. Sorry. Oh, okay, just a moment. Oh, I, I could mention, um, as I'm going through these, I could mention um, we do need some more volunteer help. Um, we're not bringing on volunteers for every position right now within New Heights because I'm like I said in my last show I was recovering from a car accident and um, we're just bringing on certain people for certain positions so if you want to help volunteer we need help in our HR department um, we need some new tutors and teachers and um, we do need some cartoonists again, um, researchers, uh, compilers of educational information or help building up our Google Classrooms and document, prepare, preparing documents, I should say. And you can see all of the open positions on our website. Uh, so newheightseducation.org and then go to volunteer positions or opportunities, something like that it says. So anyways, we do need some help. If you can help, um, please don't hesitate to reach out. You would need a resume, three references, including email addresses if possible. And um, depending on the position, you may be required to submit a background check. Um, but it, it really just depends on the position a lot. Most of the positions do not require that. If you're not working directly with the public or children or anything like that. And we need people to build online classes like in foreign language and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, just food for thought. If you want to help, we would really appreciate it. Or if you even want to give to the organization we could really use some help right now fundraising wise as well uh, this i just uh, kind of started receiving emails from kindred by parents and um, it's like a newsletter that's sent to us and let me open this here the, this is actually on parents.com. They do have a search uh, magnifying glass that you can click on and type this in if you want to find this article. And it's titled, This Tennessee Mother Filed a $2.5 Million Lawsuit Because of Racial Discrimination at School. This was written by Rokim, or no, Rokian. Meadows Fernandez on June 3rd, 2022. It was published. And it says Erica Qualls says her son faced regular racial harassment at Churchill Middle School, including being called the N word and a monkey. She's suing the Hawkins County Board of Education in response. As parents and caregivers, um, it's our priority to keep our children safe, but in the instances where they encounter harm, it's challenging to know 
what course of action is best, especially when that harm occurs in a place where our children should feel safe, like school. One mother, Erica Qualls, decided that the best way to protect her son from what she says was a racially hostile environment was suing the Tennessee school he attended. Qualls issued a $2.5 million lawsuit against Churchill Middle School and Hawkins County Board of Education because she says that her son, who hasn't been named in the lawsuit, was harassed there. Qualls says son, her son is in the 8th grade and experienced ongoing racism from his peers with little to no action from the school facility and administrators. Kingsport Times News reports that the lawsuit filed in the U.S. District Court of Eastern District of Tennessee at Greenville describes the attacks in detail. It also says three of the attacks were captured in video and posted online by students. Paul's son was regularly subjected to a pervasive, racially hostile school environment in which he was repeatedly referred to by the N-word, subjected to a barrage of other racial epithets such as monkey, showing hate-based depictions of a KKK member holding a torch and noose, taunted as the brunt of a slave auction, chased and ridiculed with a stuffed monkey, and showing depictions of African-American characters being stabbed and shot the lawsuit states. I hope this is not true. I mean, how appalling. <sighs> and that the school didn't react on it. It reminds me of a story recently that's happening up at Cedar Point where, you know, young people would go up there to work and and, and get attacked. And, and they were covering that up. And it sounds like, if this is accurate, that this is scary. And, and what... <sighs> I'm sorry... These, and not always the case, so don't take this out of context, but a lot of these students that go and shoot up schools, um, you know, they were bullied also, or maybe they were not very good at school. Maybe they were even bullied by their teachers. There are some wonderful teachers out there, but there's some really bad teachers out there too. So the schools have to take some responsibility when these kinds of things happen as well. Because if they're not protecting people, people are only going to get more and more hurt and they're going to get more and more angry. And it's not an excuse to go shoot anyone for Pete's sake. It's not an excuse to hurt other students. But, but can you see a connection? I mean, I can see a connection. When I look at this objectively, I can see, you know, how students would become so angry and hurt that they want to hurt other people. Growing up struggle with emotions like that. Could you imagine going to a work environment and being treated and talked like that and spoken to in that way? So on with the article. Um, she says that she informed the school districts and Hawkins County Director of Schools, Matt Hickson, that her son was regularly subjected to a pervasive, racially hostile school environment. In her lawsuit, she says her 8th grade son is one of less than 5 black students in a school with a population of around 400. She also says her concerns weren't taken seriously despite calling it, calling it to officials on several occasions. Qualls lawsuit addresses many incidents but says the abuse began on September 8, 2021 with a white student walking into her son's classroom shoving him and yelling fight me you monkey. Later that day the same student called him racial slurs several times and slapped him in the face including in front of the school faculty. When her son started to defend himself a fight occurred when the faculty broke it up, he was sent to the office. The white student was allowed to get on the school bus to go home. Qua's son was questioned in the office and she wasn't allowed to speak to him. She says during the time the principal suggested he was responsible for the incident. Assistant Principal Natasha Beist demanded that Qua's son tell her what he said to the white student that 
caused the assault and why Qua's son didn't just just not walk away, says the lawsuit. And what appeared as a transparent effort to shift the blame. She also demanded to know what the names what names Qua's son called the white student to prompt him to use the N-word or to cause him to come into his classroom, shove Qua's son, and call him racial names. I hope this isn't true. Oh my gosh. This is awful, isn't it? What do you think of this? I mean, wow. From then onward, or forward, Claus has made several attempts to get solutions from the school district, and her son was targeted, including a Monkey of the Month campaign, in which white students entered the boys' restroom, held a mock slave auction, and sold her son to the highest bidder. By March 28, 2022, Ms. Claus had reported to administrators six racially motivated incidents in 12 school days, the lawsuit states. The lawsuit says the school system showed deliberate indifference to her concerns, but Hicksville, the Hawkins County Director of Schools, says the allegations are false and that they work to ensure all students feel safe at school regardless of race. Quote, we vehemently deny that our school system tolerates racial discri discrimination or harassment of any kind, says Hickson, noting they investigate allegations and assign discipline the same for all students. Hawkins County Schools and the many educators who work within our school system strive to create an environment where all students, regardless of their race, feel safe and welcome. This case is still unfolding, and if true... The story will be the latest account of many instances of racism and discrimination in our school system. Well, guess what? I have an opinion about that, too. <laughs> My opinion, and I work with people from pretty much every continent in the world that have helped to build New Heights. So New Heights is very rich in cultures uh, and and backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds that are very different from each other. And I truly believe that a person, how they self-identify themselves um, and knowing about their own family history, which is certainly isn't taught in public schools and most public schools. I don't know if there's no program at all. I don't know about that, but I do believe that everyone should learn their own family history. I know it's harder for some than others to do that. New Heights has has a genealogy and education course, and um, I think we've covered pretty much every type of ethnic group and every um, every country, every kind of resource we could possibly find because I do see it being part of our our future of what we're offering. And I, and I think that if, if a child feels like they belong in a community, that there's a history, that the history is connected to them, um, they'll want to do good things. They'll want to make things better than what they have it. And that includes with bullying. I mean, if, if children could be respectful of other people, regardless of how they look or who they are, or what background they're from, and, and they look at it as, as a good thing, um, you know, that would help everyone. It would, it would help stop bullying. It would help build self-esteem among all students. And also, you know, so, some of this responsibility has to fall back on the parents as well. Um, I'm hoping the parents don't talk like this at home. I'm hoping the parents, you know, don't speak in derogatory terms about other people of other race. But again, I think if people would understand, you know, about the different ethnic groups, about people of different cultures, you know, this kind of stuff would stop. I really believe that. And these children would want to do good things in their own communities uh, because they would feel connected to those communities. So that's what I believe needs to happen uh, as well in 
we just need less judgment and and um, really more love and more respect of all people because all people all families want the same things they want to leave something better for their children than what they had and that can come in many different forms but um, I, I think it's really important I know it made a real difference in my life I wish I would have known the things I know now about my family history um, you know or paid attention more when I was a kid uh, so I mean, a lot of the things I do is because I feel like I'm kind of picking up where my grandmother left off and and um, because I feel called to do it. But <laughs> I know what it's, it's meant for me and some other people as well that have learned the same things about their heritage. And it, there's a way to do it where it's not, you know, really terribly expensive. I mean, our course, I believe, is $25. And like I said, it comes with a wealth of information. So this food for thought, I know I've given you a lot of my feedback this this week, more than probably usual, but it's been a lot of topics that, you know, I can kind of elaborate on and share more on. Okay, we're going to take another quick commercial break, and I'm going to be right back, and uh, we'll share a few more news stories, and then we'll close out the show. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. At One Day University, we feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com. Well, welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education and Education in the News. This is your host, Pamela Clark, and I've been sharing all kinds of news stories with you. Uh, I got another one, so let's get right back into it. This one is from District Administration, and it's titled, Students Online, In-Person Learning Preferences Vary. While around two-thirds of teens say they prefer in-person learning to other options, preferences vary by demographic, according to a recent Pew Research Center survey. Hispanic and Black students prefer hybrid learning and worry more about the lost learning of the pandemic than white peers, for example. This is well, this story was covered by the Winchester Star in Virginia. And it says CTE students complete or compete to create gardening charts. Teams of career and technical education students from four high schools in Winchester, Virginia competed in the Widget Cup at she Hadia, I, I know I'm butchering that, I apologize. Innovation Center, I'll spell it for you. S H I H A D E H. So she had a, or not sure, <laughs> where they built gardening carts to donate to the adult daycare center of Northern Shenandoah Valley. Each of the carts were designed differently, but had features such as a removable planter trays, storage areas, and lights. Okay, uh, the next story I have for you is from Marine Independent Journal in San Rafael, California. California District creates five-year intervention plan. A significant number of students ranging from 20% to 27% at three high schools with at least one D, F, or incomplete during a recent reporting period has led a California school district to create a five-year intervention plan 
consistent across all schools. In math, for example, poor grades were most common in algebra. One, so a ninth grade foundations class, tutorials and targeted support are on tap, Kelly Laura, Senior Director of Student Services says. This is from the Gazette in Cedar Rapids, Marion, Iowa. It's titled, Iowa Schools to Raise Mill Prices as Food Costs Increase. As the expiration date approaches for the USDA waivers allowing for school nutrition programs to serve free meals to all students and increased reimbursement rates, some schools in Iowa are boosting the cost of meals for the upcoming school year to keep up with rising food costs. Higher staff wages and supply chain issues, quote, we would all love to have free meals for students, but if that doesn't ha happen, we'll take all the steps we can to remind families to apply for free and reduced meal, meal program, says Allison Demery, Director of Nutrition Services for the Iowa City Community School District. I think we're running out of time here. Um, I think there was one other thing. Let me check. Okay, I have a few more for you before um, the show closes out. This is from Middleweb Smart Brief. But the Charlotte Observer in North Carolina covered this story, and it says middle schoolers meet children's book author from Malawi. Author William Cam Wamba recently spoke with Charlotte, North Carolina middle school students during the dedication of a windmill he built. Cam Wamba's book, The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind, described how, as a boy, he brought electricity to his village in Malawi with a windmill built from scraps scraps and salvaged parts. The next story is from Edutopia, and it says, Tips to help floating teachers succeed. Floating from one classroom to another can work well with clear communication and organizational tactics, writes Assistant Head of Middle School Crystal Frommert. Frommert outlines three strategies she used when she was tra a traveling teacher, including talking to the host teacher ahead of time about room setup and using a multi-pocket tote bag instead of a cart to carry around teaching supplies. And in Jean C.O. Republic in Illinois, They've uh, covered this story. Illinois school gets new therapy dog to help students. Orion Middle School in Geneseo, Illinois, has welcomed a new service dog in training nicknamed Rion, who is helping students feel more at ease. He's always a good example for kindness. He's always a good example for patience, said school counselor Stacy Burgert. Ryan's handler and trainer. Just a moment, I'm looking through these. Um, okay, this one is from was covered by Valley News Dispatch, Valley News Dispatch in Tarentum, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania students participate in pond cleanup project. Mossside Middle School students in Pennsylvania pitched in during a cleanup project at a local pond, helping replace invasive plants with 300 native shrubs and trees that support local wildlife. Teacher Amy Bear said the project taught students skills for sustaining local e ecosystems as well as supporting their community through caring for its public spaces. Okay, I think that's all I have for you today. I hope you have enjoyed today's show. 
and um, until next time. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings. Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Bathfitter.